Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the We Believed You Paranormal Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Michelle. And today is part two of Tom Stewart's interview. Oh, we asked our second most important question. Would he use a Ouija board? And then we had some technical difficulties that seemed kind of weird considering what we were talking about because then we didn't have any problems after that. Um, A little bit of everything for you guys. We're going to continue talking a little bit about uh, investigations. This time we're going to talk about tools that he uses, uh, his preference of tools and uh, some other good stuff. So stay tuned and I hope you enjoy. Well, actually, you know what? Then this is a super good segue into the second super important question that I always ask. But I kind of want you to talk about – I'm trying to decide if I want you to talk about this one thing in particular before I get into it. Yeah. I'm going to ask this other question first. Sorry. Um, One of your episodes has to do with Ouija boards. And um, (laughs) there is – More than one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well – I, in that episode in particular, that was I think it was just called Ouija, maybe or Ouija. Um, yeah, you had two two experiences in particular. But if you don't mind sharing, if you want to do both of them or one, I mean, I do want to push people towards your podcast to so just mm-hmm. listen to all of them. But if you could just kind of share yeah. that, and then and then I'll ask my super important question. <laughs> just real quick okay. before he begins, I, I already okay. kind of I feel like I know what the answer is going to be, so just I feel like this is it. biased. Just wait for it. You don't know. So Ouija boards, that's one of those things I get asked about a lot. Um, I I never owned one, but I've been involved in Ouija board sessions, uh, you know, half a dozen times or more. Um, But when I was younger, uh, I had a friend and he used to tinker around with one of those, you know, Parker Brothers Ouija boards and we would play around with it and I never really believed it. I just thought it was silly. I figured, yeah, you're, he's the one moving it around, you know. But he had an older brother, an older half-brother. And this is on one of the stories on my podcast. And he was, he called himself a warlock, uh, a male witch, basically. And he's also, he was also a seventh son. Uh, and yeah. I'm not a religious person, but from what I understand, um, God promised everyone's seventh son to the devil, to Lucifer, or something like that. So so supposedly in some belief systems, if you're the seventh son of a family, uh, you're going to hell. There's nothing you can do about it. I don't know. But anyways, this is the story I was, you know, taught, and I was a kid. So anyways, but he, he was very much into witchcraft. And there was a day when there was a lot of days we would go to his apartment to ask him things because my friend and I were always tinkering around at Swan Point Cemetery. And there's a lot of witches circles in the woods there. Uh, the whole, well, part of the cemetery is built on ground that was once a witch's village that got burned to the ground and they were all massacred. And this, this cemetery sits on top of that land now. So it's considered a very, very um, special place for witchcraft out in the woods. So we would often find things inside witches' circles or on the path, and we'd wonder what it was, so we would take it back to his brother, and he would explain to us what it is. It's a stick for this, it's a staff for that, or whatever. But one day when we were at his house talking to him, he was getting ready, I guess, to do some sort of Ouija board session in this other room. And from the hallway I was standing in, behind me, I could see into that room, and the Ouija board was set up on two chairs, like the two chairs were facing each other. And then the board was kind of placed on the edge of the two chairs so that it was kind of just like suspended there. And he had a candle underneath of it. And the planchette, the, you know, the device on top was just sitting on top. And, um, as I, I kept looking at them and then look, looking at the, the board, and then I would look into the room at them and I'd look at the board and all of a sudden the planchette moved across the board right in front of me. Now there's nobody in that room. Nobody's you know, like, it's not like he knew I was coming and he set up some elaborate trick for me or something like this planchette moved from one side of the board to the other. And I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. <laughs> and, you know, his Ouija board wasn't that Parker Brothers Hasbro Ouija board. This one was like handmade. He claimed it was made from a tree from Salem, from the wood from a tree from Salem, that they a tree was struck by lightning. And when they removed it, 
somebody took the wood and turned it into things and they, they made a few Ouija boards out of it. And this was one of those Ouija boards. Like I said, I don't know how much of this is true. A lot of it was urban legend, but I know with my own eyes, I saw that the, you know, the indicator move. So it was pretty freaky. So that was like one of my freakiest moments with a Ouija board. Um, but there's been a couple of times in Ouija board sessions where it has given out some answers that later on turned out to be something credible and hard to explain. But I usually tell people, pretty much all the time, I tell people, don't don't mess around with Ouija boards. No. Okay. Thank you. It's just. <laughs> Thank you. Was that going to be the next that question? Was the next that question. was the next question. Super question. All right. Yeah. The, super, yes. the answer to your super question that was coming yeah. that I predicted was, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't recommend using Ouija boards unless you're somebody who's um, really into that, like you're really into the spiritual thing or witchcraft or whatever, because you're opening the door to things that you probably don't understand. And there are ways to do a Ouija board session and then close it down so that nothing is still coming into your home or into your life because of what you were doing on the board. So I don't recommend doing it to people, yeah. especially, you know, amateurs who, who are doing it, rookies. Um, I would never do one because I don't know how to do all that. I, yeah. I would only do a Ouija board session with someone that I trust who's doing it. And even then I'm kind of like, eh, sometimes I just observe from the side and, because there's something about having my hands on that device, that indicator, the planchette, and knowing that some sort of a spirit is making my hands move on that thing. Like, I don't want to be controlled by something that I don't see, yeah. you know? So for me, it's kind of a turnoff. I'm like, I'm good, you know? For the most well, part, they're not dangerous. You probably can just screw around with one and nothing's going to happen. That's but and that's, for me, it's that's, like, it's like, why take the chance? Don't, you know, don't even curiosity. Bother. Killed the cat. Curiosity, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, everyone's going no. to, but you know. Yeah, and and that's. I mean, I I kind of feel that way in the sense that, like, if uh, somebody who's done it or more experienced, I would feel more comfortable someone else leading it, I guess, than me trying to do mm -hmm. it myself. Um, but I also feel like it's like other any other. Um, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Divinity tool? Is that what I'm? No. What am I trying to say? Like a like a a pendulum or tarot cards yeah. or you know anything yeah. like that. all those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, all those things. I, got... I suggest only if you know what you're doing, do it. Otherwise, yeah. I would leave it to other people to do it. But Ouija board, especially to me, because you're really you're the one involved with the Ouija board because you're the one moving around and it's manipulating your hand to spell things out. Where, you know, the pendulum or the tarot cards, it doesn't feel as invasive to me, mm -hmm. but it's still, you're still kind of opening up a door to something that if you don't close it properly at the end of your session, it can lead to some things. It probably yeah. won't, but it could. Yeah. And um, there have been plenty of times where, you know, as investigators, we have a client and they're like, oh, so many crazy things are happening and blah, 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 blah. And we'll be like, did you happen to use a Ouija board recently? And they'll be like, yes. <laughs> so a lot of times that's always what led to what is happening in their house. And so sometimes to solve a, a case, it, it only just took someone coming in and bringing closure to the house, you know, because mm -hmm. of what they did with the Ouija board or what they did with whatever, you know, some yeah. people it's just a seance. Some people it's, you know, a pendulum or tarot cards or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm still very curious. So I think what now we're like one to three. We we ask every well, we just started oh, this like a few guests ago. Um Jonathan was a yes. Jonathan was Victor a yes. Was a no. Tom's a no. Yeah. It's been no, there's some, one somebody else. I don't know. Either way, I'm losing. So chances are I'm probably not gonna <laughs> play with a Ouija board anytime <laughs> soon. But oh, I want Victor, to was it was it Joseph and, and Dan? Probably. Yeah. Did we Jonathan, lose? Joseph, and oh, Dan. Oh, we lost Tom. Did we? Yeah, we lost Tom, and that means we lost the entire episode. No. And we are back after that scare. Okay, after so. After a couple technical difficulties, we came to the conclusion that we should not mess with Ouija boards. No. <laughs> Michelle should not mess with Ouija boards. Okay. Noted. Noted. All right. Um, so after that huge scare, thinking that we almost lost an hour and some minutes of audio recording, 
Um, my other my other question or thing that I kind of wanted you to to elaborate on or talk about was uh, one of your episodes. You were talking about you went on a paranormal investigation and instead saw a UFO. And for me, that's like a dream investigation because I love anything UFO aliens. So the fact that you're going for ghosts and you got <laughs> aliens instead, like that's literally yeah. mission ideal. Yeah, how cool <laughs> is that? Right? I guess you got to keep your eyes open for everything, you know, not just ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, we were investigating um, Fort Adams, very old military fort in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. And um, it's a huge fort, and we were inside the fort, which is like a big courtyard in the middle of it, because it, it's like a, a five-sided, like, Pentagon-type uh, fort. And um, so we're out in the—it's just wide open sky above us. We're right on the water. And um, we had big truck with all our computers and everything all set up, and we just had wires running everywhere all over the fort. It was a huge, huge investigation. It must have been, like, 15 of us there. And oh, wow. so it was— it was a couple of hours to set up at the beginning of the night. And um, all of a sudden, like, somebody's like, hey, what is that up in the sky? And so, you know, one by one, we all start turning around and we're looking in the sky and it's like this white orb in the sky. And slowly it looks like it's getting closer to us and getting bigger, but it's getting uh, dimmer, not brighter. You would think it would get brighter as it gets closer to us, huh. but it wasn't. It was just mm -hmm. getting bigger and dimmer. And we were all just kind of standing there like, wow, what is that? That is like, I've never seen like that. I'm like, it's not a helicopter. It's not a plane. Um, and this was before everybody had drones. And we were just mm -hmm. like, what is it? And finally, somebody was like, Someone put a camera on that. <laughs> like we're we're yeah. standing there with every video camera and, and and everything, and none of us are pointing anything at it because we were all just in <laughs> awe. And finally, I think somebody took out their their cell phone and took pictures of it, which obviously aren't the best pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was the weirdest thing. And then the bigger it got, it finally just kind of dissipated, and that was that. It was gone. Um, and we never saw it the rest of the, the rest of the night. We were all just kept looking in the sky. <laughs> like ghosts could have been yeah. running by us. We're all looking in the sky. Now we were all about the UFO. Uh, uh, it was just, it was the weirdest. I can't explain. I don't know if it was an alien or a UFO or it wasn't a flying saucer. I don't know what it was, but it was some sort of abnormally in the sky. Um, at the time I was working at a TV news channel. Uh, and so I talked to the meteorologists and asked them what they thought it could be. And um, she actually did some research for me and checked to see if there were any uh, missile launches, if there was any kind of uh, military stuff. Like she was able to look at all those things into a computer and stuff, and she couldn't track down anything that it could have been in that area. So who knows what it was? Um, I have no idea, but it's unidentified. So it was a UFO as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. You, you go looking for ghosts and you end up finding a UFO, you know? And, who knows? I mean, maybe we'll come across a Bigfoot accidentally or something someday too. That would be great. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um, no, yeah, that when, Fort when Adams I was one saw of the that... coolest places, man. So many different things happened yeah. at Fort Adams. It's such a crazy place. Um, so historic, obviously, but um, so incredibly haunted too. Um, just you know, that's one of the few places I can say, oh yeah, absolutely, without a doubt, I would say haunted. Definitely, you'll have experiences well, did, there. And what the coolest part was is we got to have the whole fort to ourselves for three nights in a row with no one else there. Wow. Overnights. Um, so we got to do a real thorough like investigation of it. Um, it was it was like mm -hmm. other people had tried to investigate there, including ghost hunters, and they got turned down. Because if you grow up in Rhode uh -huh. Island, that's one of those places that you grow up hearing about people seeing ghosts of, of soldiers and different stories and urban legends. And so ghost hunters wanted to film there and they wouldn't let them in. But then one year they decided they wanted to raise some money by doing a Halloween event and let people come in and kind of go on a ghost walk. So they reached out to our team to rise up paranormal and said, Hey, would you guys be interested in hosting a, a Halloween event for a couple of weekends where you just kind of guide people through and tell them some of the ghost stories about the fort. And we were like, sure, we'd be interested in that, but we want to be able to investigate it first. And we, that was our arrangement. We were like, let us have it for three nights in a row with no one else here. And let us really get to like the, you know, the, the, the nuts of it, you know, just the, 
is it really haunted and what kind of experiences we have and what room is what? And and so they did. They let us have it. And we collected so much data, so much evidence. And then we were able to incorporate that into our Halloween attraction when we brought people around. We knew what to expect in different rooms and stuff. And uh, it was awesome. It was one of my favorite investigations to go on. And it was it was still early in, for me as an investigator. So it was the first time I ever recorded an EVP of my own. Like I'd heard plenty of others but it was the first time my personal recorder had caught an EVP. So it was kind of like a, um, you know, a benchmark one for me. What was some of the more compelling evidence that you got from, from the fort? Well, for me, EVP was really incredible. Um, for me personally, I was touched while I was there and I had, uh, I was in a room where a couple of times, um, pieces of plaster were thrown at us from another room because the the fort itself was old and a lot of the sections of the fort were um, uh, a bit, you know, uh, dilapidated and they wouldn't even allow the public into certain areas because it was just not safe. And part of the reason why they were raising money was so that they could, you know, um, fix up the fort so that people could go to more areas. So there was one room that we would go into that used to be... uh, 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 the quarters for like the soldiers where they would stay. And it was connected by a doorway to another room, but we weren't allowed to go in that room because there was just too much debris and, and stuff. And more than once, including when we were bringing people through, um, something or someone would throw a piece of plaster from the other room through the doorway into the room we were in as if they were trying to scare us. And mm. it wasn't falling from the ceiling because it was going you know, across the room, like you would see it skip across the floor. And I know for a fact, nobody's in that other room because it was like blocked off. You couldn't go in there unless you had to climb over things, you know? So that was pretty much hard to explain. Um, I was touched on the back of my head at one point where it just kind of felt like someone tapped on my head a couple of times. I literally thought someone was standing behind me because I was with a group that we were guiding through And I was kind of in the back of the group, making sure there were no stragglers. And so I knew there was nobody behind me because I was kind of making sure everybody got through. But then as I was walking through the doorway, somebody tapped me on the head and I turned around thinking, oh, I must have forgot about somebody. But no, there was no one there. Um, So it was things like that. We caught a bunch of different EVPs while we were there. Um, We had um, spirit mediums go through there that, that we rely on, like we consider to be credible. And they were able to validate things about the history of the place that very few people knew about, but we knew about from our research. So they were able to validate things. Um, and uh, and a, a lot of people were having experiences in the same places on different nights. People who didn't know each other, didn't know that it had happened the night before, but the same thing would happen in the same place more than once. So that kind of gave us some sort of a, hmm, something's going on here. You know, it wasn't just a coincidence. It's happened more than once and it seems to be deliberate, you know? So, um, it was things like that. Uh, so many people have claimed to see apparitions of soldiers walking around like the perimeter of the, of the fort, um, things like that. Uh, it was such a fun place to visit daytime or nighttime. If you're ever in Newport, Rhode Island, you should go visit. It's an amazing fort. Yeah, we have, we have a, I feel like an ongoing, like forts just kind of keep coming up in our podcast, um, whether it's someone else having an experience or, I mean, we have, um, in our hometown, Eric is still there, but I, I moved away. We have a, we have a fort that got converted into the university essentially, right? Community College University. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's like one of the most haunted places in our, in our hometown and mm-hmm. yeah, lots of, lots of paranormal experience well, there too. So, you know, there's so much, um, history, so many, um, so many things happen in places like forts, you know, now Fort Adams in Newport, uh, they never saw any kind of war action. Like there was never any fighting with this fort, but they were there just in case, you know, I mean, they were there all mm-hmm. the way back to the revolutionary war. Um, but many of the soldiers who came through there had seen action in the battlefield. And there were families of soldiers who stayed at the fort. So there were definitely different things that happened there, you know? So um, also, there's also a geological effect to it 
Forts are made out of stone. And people believe that stone just has this way of absorbing energy and reverberating energy. So any kind of an old building that's made out of stone, especially something like granite and um, things like that. Limestone. For some reason, it just, yeah, yeah, it just kind of holds that energy. So uh, maybe it's just, to me, I think it's a lot of history repeating itself. You know, a lot of hauntings in forts, I don't think are necessarily intelligent hauntings. I think they're residual. Um, But at Fort Adams, we definitely had some intelligent responses and intelligent uh, uh, interactions with with something. We hadn't said this in a while. Stone tape theory. (laughs) I was going to say, Eric is super excited, I'm sure, to hear you say that because we had a whole Mm -hmm. episode dedicated to stone tape theory because this whole thing kept coming up about, yeah, places that are made of stone tend to, you know, be haunted and have these residual uh, yeah, it really does seem to. I mean, and there is some science behind it that stone does actually kind of absorb certain stones, certain uh, minerals will will hold energy in, and yeah. and they actually have been able to detect certain stones uh, giving off energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously, people know crystal and quartz and things like that can definitely har- harness energy. So I think there's definitely something behind that. And, you know, a lot of times the most haunted place in your house is your basement and the basement is surrounded by stone, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, there, there's probably some kind of a science behind that that hasn't been studied enough. Yeah. yeah. Which is, again, also something I think we, we brought up, I think, in that episode and pre- another episode about basements as well. So if you guys want to go listen to that, go back in. <laughs> Uh, quite a few episodes, yeah, but we'll we got it. the whole stone tape theory episode for you guys, if you're curious. Yeah, it's just another one Definitely. of those angles that needs to be studied more in this field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but well, people who are to, smarter to than me, hopefully. Someone else validate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, what town are you guys from? Uh, yeah, we're from ahead, Brownsville, Brownsville, Texas. Uh, it's like... Okay. The literally the southern like the like if you look at a, the map of Texas, the tip, that little just the, the very, very, very bottom, bottom. That's where we're at. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're like literally the right down Mexico. Next to Mexico and the Rio Grande and all that. Um yeah. so yeah, so yeah. there's a lot the, of the, the a fort. lot of history down there. A lot of a lot of violent history happened down there. You know, a lot of skirmishes the, between different countries, different cultures, different people. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so I bet you have a lot of really interesting places down there historically yeah yeah the the fort is literally um what like not even maybe half a mile from the river yeah so it's literally right there mexico you you can Mm -hmm. it's like a block away from the like a block or two away from the river so it's right there um it's just on uh, right on the border of mexico um yeah. Well, and and I remember because a, a lot of I guess the uh, battlefields are marked with cannons, mm-hmm. right? And and like plaques of like the history and stuff like that. And I remember as a kid hearing so many people talk about seeing a woman in white or seeing you know just ghosts even in that area, like on the, the battlefields where mm-hmm. they used to be. Um, so I feel like there's there is so much history there, and we never took advantage of <laughs> of any of it. And now I don't really live there anymore. So I mean, I go visit, but yeah, um, yeah. I feel like we should probably take yeah. Advantage well, of that. I'm I mean, like I said too, the the before we started get really getting into well, me before I, when I started getting a little bit more into the paranormal, and I've mentioned this before, but was at the university. Um, and then I tried to do some EVP stuff and I did get some EVPs and then stuff started happening at the house and I was just like, eh, you know what, this is not for me right now. And again, because <laughs> you, you know, you, you see shows like ghost hunters and or ghost adventures and you tr- try and do things to imitate without really understanding what you're doing. And then you invite things in without, you know, unintentionally knowing, and, yeah. and without, and without knowing. Yeah. So yep. that's why I said you you really need to it, it would be great like it's great that if you could just go with a group to, if you're really interested to just kind of apprentice just to learn things because those are things that you 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 know you can only learn from somebody more experienced than you you know what I mean or yeah. learn the hard way and learn on the job type of thing but 
It's not really something you want to learn that way. Are you friendly with with any investigative groups nearby? Uh, The closest one is uh, Joseph's group, which is the – well, he's a paranormal journal, but they're in San Antonio. Um, I don't know of any groups closer than that. Yeah. Yeah. I would really have to look. Yeah, research it and find out um, because – you know, most groups, if they're, you know, if they're friendly and they're nice about it, they'll probably be like, hey, if you want to tag along, you can tag along. We'd be happy to have you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all you got to do is offer and be like, hey, I'll help carry some of the boxes in. I'll help wrap up some yeah. wires for you guys. If you guys just let me tag along, I just want to watch or, you know, I just want to bring a recorder and see if I catch anything. And, you know, because a lot of people are interested in this and a lot of people just don't know how to, you know, get into it or how they can get involved. Um, so most groups will be you know, cool about doing that. I know we used to do that all the time. We'd be like, yeah, you're interested in it. Mm-hmm. Come on with us. We'll, we'll, we'll let you hold the equipment and we'll show you how it works and why we use it and, and all those things. And sometimes those people go on to start their own groups and, and we looked at it as good, you know, cause we brought them into this world and we brought them in the way that we think right. is the proper way to do things. And so they're going to spread the proper way, you know, um, right. instead of everybody trying to be the next Zach Baggins. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> yeah. where I was going with that too, as far as the apprenticeship is like, uh, I, cause I know some people can take it as like, Oh no, we, we taught you, why are you trying to break off and make your own group? But I, I would like, if I was, if I was a novice, like, well, like me as a novice or somebody who's like, just doesn't know what they're doing, I would want to be able to join a group and try and learn as much as I could from them. Right. And then if yeah. I was the group that's been like just pros, like, you know, you know, which you've been doing this for years and years and years, I would want to get new people because I would want, if they want to start their own group, Hey, let me teach you the right way to do this. That mm-hmm. way you can go out and we can, like you said, grow this and, and collaborate. Right. And, and make this a, a legitimate thing where people don't, you know, just write us off as, you know, crazies because we're investigating this, like try and make it a, a well-known thing or a more scientific rather than just, you know, yeah. a bunch of I mean, people. The, the more people who are studying this field the right way, the better chance we have of actually figuring out some answers. Um, you know, but too many of us are competitive. You know, we don't want to miss out on the opportunity to go to that one house that's haunted that everyone wants to go to or something. Um, you know, so it is a little bit competitive in that way. But um, the more people who are out there are doing it, you know, it's for the better, you know, for the greater good is for all of us to to know what we're doing and doing it right. Um, so, yeah, so it's a good thing for groups to bring people on, even if they end up spinning off into their own group. Well, now you have another group that you can collaborate with. So maybe right. they bring you on an investigation that you normally wouldn't have gone on, you know, or maybe it's a good group that you can bounce some things off of. Like, hey, we caught this video of something. What do you guys think of it? And you Mm -hmm. know that they're going to give you an objective opinion, but from a point of a paranormal investigator. So, yeah, there's a lot of positives to it, too. You know, it's not just them stealing all your ideas or something. That's how some people look at it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's like I like like I said earlier, I I compare it to like garage bands. Nobody wants, you know, them to hear the songs that we're working on, you know, because they might steal it or something. And Mm -hmm. it, it it shouldn't be like that. We should all be able to collaborate and agree on things or at least be open to discussing things and hearing other people's opinions and maybe considering, you know what, I never thought of it in that way. You may be onto something, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So, but you know, you know, in this day and age, everybody knows everything, you know, you can't can't go on (laughs) Facebook and tell somebody, even when you know for sure you're right about something, you can't tell someone they're wrong because they're never going to agree to that. They're wrong. Nobody wants to be educated or learn things anymore. Um, so it's hard yep. because it's it's very immature field of study. Yeah, and that's why actual scientists don't get involved in it. Yeah, and, and that's and and in some of these groups too, like the people share things, and it's not because they're actually trying to figure out what it is; they're just trying to get validation for what is what it is that they think they saw in in that image. So when people start telling them, yeah. "No, nah, you know what? I think it's this," or "I don't think it's an orb; I think it's dust," or "No, it's not a it's not a." entity it's a lamp or it's a you know a mm-hmm. hanging light light and they hear yeah. these things they're like no 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 that's you know that's not what it is and this and that and so i mean yeah that's definitely a thing and and like you said this uh, the whole scientist thing i mean that's what scientists do they collaborate they bounce ideas off of each other they disagree yeah. from time to time but then and they or they try to disprove each other's theories but that's how you advance 
the science, you know, that's how science works. And, and that's how I feel. It it has to be done with, with peers. You have to share the information. All right. This is what I've determined. Here's everything I know. I'm giving it to you. Now you run with it and see what you come Mm -hmm. up with. And if they come up with the same thing as you, well, that might be something. Let's take what both of us have done and give it Mm -hmm. to someone else now. And it takes a long time to do it that way, but Mm -hmm. that's the best way to come to the actual truth about something. And even then, sometimes you're wrong. So that's how science works. Science is always changing. Exactly. Yes. 100% agree. (laughs) I know that, um, you know, Eric, like you're kind of like, well, what, what would be like the first step into investigating? And Tom has actually written a book that is 10 best tools for paranormal investigation. I think I just said the title you're wrong. The but you're, you're so good with plugging general. things. I love this. <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to talk about that a so little bit? D- during, the, during the lockdown, the pandemic and everything, I've always wanted to write a book. And I was like, well, if I've ever had time to write a book, it's now. You know? So I was like, I'm going to write something that's going to be real easy to write, something I know about off the top of my head, just to try out this whole self-publishing thing and kind of just dip my toe and, and figure it out. So that's what I decided to do. I wrote a book called The 10 Best Tools for Ghost Hunting. And it's really just me with the way I talk. It's almost like you hear me saying it when you're reading the book because I didn't try to write it like a fancy book. I just wrote it the way I would tell you. And I tell you basically what I think are the 10 best tools that would be used in ghost hunting. And I basically explain to you why I think it's a good tool, what it's good to be used for, how you would use it, how you would get one. Um, and just kind of go into the specifics without being too boring. I try to put some humor in the book. Um, and it, a lot of these are common sense things. Some of them are boring things, but the nuts and bolts of it, they're the best things to use. And I'm probably going to be following it up with a second book, the 10 worst tools for ghost hunting. <laughs> I feel like people are going to want to read that one even more just to see which tools I'm poo-pooing on. Um, I totally would love to hear that I, one. I, I, I looked I, at all the, I looked at all the books that are out there about paranormal and nobody talks about the tools and the gadgets specifically. And so I thought I'd get into them, delve into them. What, why an EMF detector? What are we using it for? Why do we use it? Where did it come from? You know, what actually does it do for us? You know, we see them on the TV show, but w- what are you using it for? And, and what's the proper way to use it? And all those things. Um, so it's kind of a how-to. It's kind of a little bit of technical stuff. And it's kind of a little bit of humor stuff, too, involved. And I actually give um, examples with just about each one of them about how I've used it and had success with it to kind of back up why it's a good, you know, why it's the best, you know. Hmm. I I have a feeling that <laughs> the book's alternate title could be uh it's it's going to be the 10 worst things to use, you know, or, or, but I think like an alternate title is probably going to be something like uh the 10 tools that they use on ghost adventures or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, among other shows, yeah. A lot of oh, them yeah. would be yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I could, we could do a whole show just on that probably, but yeah, like, you know, I can narrow it down to you pretty easily. Anything that you have downloaded into your cell phone is not a proper investigation tool whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, your cell phone should be completely off and put to the side somewhere during an investigation. Otherwise you are doing nothing but interfering with all your other tools. Um, Anything that's an electronic box that somehow magically talks to you or speaks to you, whether it's the Ovilus, the ghost box, um, echo box, there's so many of them now. Um, Those are just random word sound generators. And all it's doing is power of suggestion. It's all it's doing. Whatever Mm -hmm. word it spits out, you're going to find a reason why it spit that word out. If it says apple, you're going to say, oh, I think there was an apple tree in the backyard or whatever. You're going to you, you're you're going the opposite way. You're not collecting data and then having it lead to a conclusion. You're finding a conclusion and then trying to look for data to back it up. Um, that's what mm. those machines do. And they sound and look cool on the TV shows, you know. But on the TV shows, they only show you the one or two or three times it says something interesting. They mm-hmm. edit out the 50 times it said something that made no sense whatsoever, you know. 
And when it comes to investigating properly, there's things called um, negative responses and positive responses. And if you're getting um, anything less than 90% positive responses, then none of it works. Because if Mm -hmm. it's saying something that makes no sense five out of 10 times, then how do you know those five that were right are really right and not just coincidence, you know? So those ghost boxes are basically just a jukebox randomly spitting things out for you. So those are some of the things that I'm like, no, those are not going to help you (laughs) at all. I don't care if you put on a blindfold, if you put on headphones, it's still just power of suggestion being put into your head. And why would a spirit know how to do that? I'm alive. I don't know how I would project a box with energy to say a word that I want to say. I don't know how to do that now. Why would I Mm -hmm. know how to do that when I'm dead as a spirit? It makes absolutely no sense for any of those things to be legit. Um, And one of the other ones that is a big one that I'm always hopping on (laughs) is animals. Bringing your dog on an investigation. This is a new fad. Hmm. And unfortunately... Uh, Jason Hawes is part of the reason why, because he brought his dog in a couple of uh, investigations on the TV show. Mm. Now, the theory behind it is that dogs have a have better senses than us. They can see things we can't see. They can hear things we can't hear. That's all very true. They have instincts, natural animal instincts that we don't have. That's very true. Um, could they sense things are there that we don't know are there? Very much possible. But dogs cannot talk. So we don't know what they're reacting to. So you can't just assume that because the dog is reacting to something, that it's a ghost. Because you don't know it's a ghost. The, go- the dog's not saying, hey, there's a ghost over there. And you can't train a dog to look for a ghost because you don't have a ghost to set up somewhere to train it to look for it. Yeah. You know, you can train a dog to look for a bomb or look for drugs because you can actually take the materials of those things, hide them someplace and train the dog to look for those materials. So there's no way to train a dog to look for ghosts. And it's very unsafe because you don't know what the dog's going to do as a reaction. Most dog owners, if you're a dog owner, you know that when you have your dog on your leash, your dog is reacting to your energy on Mm -hmm. the other end of that leash. So if you're in a place that's dark and spooky and creepy, and you're kind of on edge, your dog's going to be on edge. And he's going to be reacting like a dog does when he's on edge. So it's dangerous for you. It's dangerous for the animals, dangerous for other people around. It's not pleasurable for your dog to be in this strange place where everybody's uneasy. It's dark and it's creepy and he's un- it's unfamiliar. It's not good for your dog. It stresses your dog out. And who knows what he's sensing there could be a mouse in the wall. There could be the scent of a deer outside that he's reacting. You just don't know what he's reacting to. So leave your dog or any animal for that matter at home. They are not meant to be used as ghost detectors. Uh, and it drives me crazy when I see or hear people doing that because it's it's not only dangerous, it's kind of an animal abuse in my opinion. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not proper for a dog to be in a situation like that. Um, maybe someday dogs I- will be able to talk to us. And then we can use them for that. That'd be nice. Like, hey, remember that thing you were barking at in the corner the other night? (laughs) Is that a ghost, dude? Or because I have had experiences where my dog or my cat have reacted to things that I can't see. Yeah. And it's like, what is he looking at? But until they can talk to us, we don't know what they're really seeing. We just it's just fun Mm -hmm. to think it's a ghost. (laughs) Well, now now they have those boards that are like programmed with different words. And if they step on them, then it's like food. Outside. Oh, I've seen that on TikTok. Wow. Yeah. Have you seen that? And some people <laughs> yeah. say that, that that's Excuse not me. real either because they're not showing you all the times the dog pressed on things that made no sense. Something they're else. only showing you yeah. the ones where yeah. it made sense. So you don't know how often yeah. he gets it wrong, you know? So It's true. So I I almost don't want to ask this question because I, I, I kind of, I I think I might know what you're going to say and, and I don't want to like, but... The SLR, SLR camera. SLR oh, okay. Camera? So yeah. that's the, yeah, that's the one where it shows like a stick figure in the video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've never personally used one. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I've, some of the investigators from Rise Up and other people that I know have used them and they're still kind of on the fence about the technology of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, from what I understand, the device itself 
was designed to pick up on movement and translate it into the human body. So it's not Mm -hmm. picking up the human body. It's picking up some kind of motion or light and turning it into a body motion. So it's doing the opposite Mm -hmm. of what you want it to be doing. And it was, it was, it's the, it was the connect system for the Xbox so that you could right. play yeah. games in front of it and it would, mm-hmm. it would see your motion and duplicate that motion on the screen. So I, th- I think it uses a combination of light and movement and it does look cool on the TV shows. I've seen them used on the TV shows and I kind of look at it like, Hmm, like I'm kind of like, Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> the fact that they keep using yeah. it on TV makes me think it might be bullshit, but um, yeah. <laughs> I would love to be able to, to play around with it and experiment with it um, a little bit. But uh, I don't know how reliable it is. So that one, I, that one, I'm on the fence yeah. about because I, I can't really speak to it because okay. I haven't used it. But it is interesting. But I feel like they might be onto something there. Like if you could combine that with some kind of thermal, like flare type of thing, that mm-hmm. that could be something. You know, uh, hopefully there's yeah. some people who are tech smart like that are working on something like that. Like, I feel like we're getting close to some tools that could really be used to help us in this field. But this, mm-hmm. the, the people who are doing it are too many of them are just gimmicky and they're just trying to make a buck, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. that one is interesting. I, 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 I want to know more about that. This might have turned into a two, two parter. Oh, this is going to be a two parter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I love it. I love two part. That's because I talk so much. Um, it's cool for me because I've always been involved in media in some way, mm-hmm. radio, mm-hmm. television. Um, I've been a club DJ. I've been, you know, all these different things. And podcasting is like the next new medium. And I love yeah. it. So I'm learning everything about it. And like you mentioned earlier, I decided to start a second show because yes. I don't have enough going on already that I decided <laughs> to torture myself with a second show. But um, but it's fun. I like that show too. So it's like I'm working on both simultaneously. When I get bored with one, I go work on the other one. Well, please elaborate on the new one because I was going to oh, bring okay. it up anyway, but this is a perfect yeah, plug. You're good at this, so you would have plugged it. Um, <laughs> right, celebrity yeah. Paranormal Experiences. CPX, I like to call it that. Um, celebrity Paranormal Experiences. There's been a lot of TV shows about that where celebrities kind of go on and talk about the time they saw a ghost or the time they saw Bigfoot or whatever. Um, and I've always been interested in how famous people have had paranormal experiences. So I've always been um, a collector of those stories. And I just decided maybe I'll do a podcast about that. People seem to like listening to me tell stories. So I'll just tell the stories of these celebrities. You know, I mean, I'm not going to go get them on the show. I don't have that kind of pull. Maybe Mm -hmm. in a couple of years I will. But so I just go on and I explain to you who the celebrity is. And then I tell you their story. And it's just based on my research from, you know, any interviews they did on TV or radio or something, or maybe a magazine or a book. Um, Sometimes it's just urban legend. But there's so many famous people that have had paranormal experiences. So I do like little 10, 15 minute episodes and each one's about one celebrity. So I've got Joan Rivers on there. I've got, um, what else have I got? Sammy Hagar. I'm actually going to have two shows for him because he's had two paranormal experiences. One with a ghost, (laughs) one with a UFO. Um, I've got uh, Carrie Fisher. She had a really good one. That's one that blows my mind. Um, and then I, I just added two more. I just added Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. He actually had nice. two haunted house experiences, so I talk about them both. And then I did um, Jackie Gleason, which is a really cool one. He was obsessed with UFOs, hmm. and his is a fun story. So some of them you may have heard of before. Some of them you may have seen on a TV show or something. But I try to uh, dive a little deeper and do a little more research on the things, like if if it was a haunted house, I try to find out more information about that house than what was available from the person, the celebrity who told the story. So like, for instance, like the show, the, the story about Carrie Fisher and her house, I, I did like a background on her house, all the different people who owned it, who built it mm. and different things like that. Um, and, and possibly different reasons as to why these hauntings happen. And from a, a paranormal investigator point of view, I try to explain what the uh, phenomena is they're experiencing, you know, is it a true haunting? Was it a crisis apparition or was it residual? Something like that. Like I try to give a little bit of information from that angle too, instead of just the story itself. It's, I try to give a little bit extra. Um, so it's fun for me because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I geek out about this stuff. So, uh, 
I Google, all right, who celebrity that's had a paranormal experience. And I'd be like, oh, Miley Cyrus, let's see what her story was. <laughs> and then, wow, boom, that's yeah. a good story. I'm going to tell that one. And that's one of the ones that's coming up. I got Miley Cyrus coming up. I got Kurt Russell coming up. Uh, who else? Because I've already written them. I just got to produce them. Oh, okay. uh, Megan Mullally, who you remember her from Will and Grace. Oh, okay. okay. She was yeah. the, the funny drunk one there. On Will yeah. And Grace. yeah, yeah. <laughs> her and her husband had an experience that's related to uh, O.J. Simpson murders. Oh, wow. Oh. She, she, her oh. and her husband for a while lived in a house that Nicole Simpson lived in before mm. she was murdered. So, um, yeah, so I just find that one fun. So that's like my spinoff show. I figured I've got a lot of people listening to my paranormal story. I'll tell them about the new podcast and they'll switch over to there and listen to both, hopefully. And one of them. (laughs) And and maybe the celebrity one, I can kind of commercialize that one, maybe make a couple dollars. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Or or I, I really would love it if it got to the point where it's so popular that I could convince some famous people to come on and, and, talk that with me awesome. you know yeah. um and then it, it hopefully it'll be on all the podcast apps soon it takes a while to get on them all i'm sure mm-hmm. you guys know but i mean yeah. luckily you know for my job i do stand-up comedy so i'm i got a lot oh. of my time free during the day i usually work on the weekends so yeah, um, okay. monday through friday i'm pretty much i can just sit and write i can produce i can do things um so where can people find you then um, for stand-up comedy? Obviously, we're so far away, oh. but yeah. in well, the area? My website is TomStewartComedy.com. And um, I, I mostly just work around New England. I'm kind of a regional comedian. Uh, but occasionally, I like to go and do comedy festivals. Or if I'm going to go away someplace, I'll try and see if I can get on a stage somewhere and do a show. Um, I would love to be a road comic for a little while and just kind of travel the country doing comedy everywhere, you know, get on a plane every weekend and fly out places and do comedy. Um, but I haven't leapt to that yet because it's a rough life and it's expensive because unless you're a known headliner, you're really not making a lot of money doing it. You're in, it all goes mm-hmm. to expenses, flying and hotels and stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm hoping one of these days somebody that I work with a lot is going to want to go on the road and be like, Hey, why don't you come with me and be my opening act? And then I'll be able to do it that way. But in the meantime, I work mostly around new England, um, you know, everywhere, Connecticut, Rhode Island, mass, New Hampshire, um, even Maine and Vermont. Sometimes I, I, once in a while I dabble into New York, not too often. It's, it's rough, but, um, a lot of competition (laughs) there, but unfortunately I can't do paranormal investigation because that usually (laughs) happens on the weekends and that doesn't pay money. So I had yeah. to switch to comedy to make money on the weekends. So that's what I do. It's funny though that, fun. I, that I that I'm a comedian and I'm a paranormal guy. People are like, those don't seem like they go together. <laughs> um, Even well, better. I, I was. I mean, I could see it. Like, I'm sure you could turn some of your paranormal experiences in, like into bits. You know, people yeah. always tell me that. Hey, do you do any jokes about paranormal? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I've never ever crossed them over in any way but somebody was just recently telling me i was on a podcast and she was like you should write some paranormal jokes and then get booked at all these expos and stuff yeah and i'm like that's not a bad idea that's super smart yeah even if i just wrote 15 minutes worth of paranormal jokes yeah i could do all my regular jokes too but the paranormal Mm -hmm. stuff would get me in the door you know right Yeah. yeah but then i risk becoming the paranormal comedian and it's like i don't know if i want that to be (laughs) because you know i've been doing comedy for 11 years now i've been writing comedy most of my life it's like i don't know if i want to be pigeonholed into that like oh he's the guy who makes jokes about ghosts like uh, i don't know if i want to be that guy (laughs) you know like a prop comic you're only going to do prop Mm -hmm. comedy and nobody knows you for like like jeff dunham is known for the ventriloquist dummies but he's actually a pretty funny comedian on his own oh my god he's oh okay (laughs) if you've ever seen him live he opens up for himself he goes out and does like 15 minutes of straight comedy with no puppets or anything and then finally yeah finally he gets to the point where like all right you guys are here for the puppets and then he goes and gets in the box and brings them out. But he actually does comedy comedy too. So, but he's not known for that. And it's like, Oh, yeah. I don't want to yeah. end up being the guy who only does. But if I want to make money doing it, you know, I bet, <laughs> I bet if I was the, the ghost comedian, I would get some, some expo gigs and all those comic cons and paracons and all that crap. I mean, you know? ghost comedian versus like 
dummy doll ventriloquist <laughs> comedian. I mean, I don't know. Parent, don't know. Go, ghost haunted, comedian sounds cooler. Haunted color. doll comedian. Oh, oh, there you go. He's got those? it now. He's oh, got it yeah. Now. Yeah. But that's cool. You guys, you guys are a lot of fun. If you ever want to have me back on, let me know. Um, oh, yeah. of course. We only like barely touch. I mean, I feel you obviously have an entire podcast about your paranormal experiences. So <laughs> there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch we haven't talked about. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I do. Do you got to start wrapping up? Yeah. No, I thought yeah. it was cool that you had some specific <laughs> questions about uh, actual episodes, which is cool. You know, like I do some podcasts, people are just like, so, so tell us a, tell us a scary story. And I'm like, no, well, you know, like I've told 50 of them. You couldn't, uh, just narrowed one down. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's also why I was like, no, I, I want to come with specific. Cause I mean, yeah, I could just be like, you know what, go listen to this podcast. But I, yeah, that I had questions while listening too. So I was like, what a better time than on my podcast to ask you the questions that I had. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's been a fun part Thank too. So is I'm, I'm starting to get people asking questions about the episodes, so I know they're like really listening. You know, mm-hmm. like people are like, "What was that sound? What was that EVP? What was it saying?" I've listened to it twenty times and stuff. Um, so yeah. I'm like, "Oh, good." People are really like focused. They're really paying attention. Um, For I like sure. That. And I yeah. and I had some podcasting questions, so. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. had plenty. He was all about the business, and <laughs> yeah. she wanted to hear about ghosts. He wanted to know about yes. Ouija boards and podcasts. <laughs> mm-hmm. I well, I mean, again, the Ouija boards. I just I'm trying to make her understand. I haven't done anything yet. Do you have one? Well, Is there one in your house already? No, no, but I just bought a. This is totally not important, but I bought like a, you know, it's like cricket, like a cutting machine where like people are doing like vinyl decals and it's just, it's, it's a cutting machine, but I learned how to essentially, uh, like chemically like burn wood. Like instead of using like an actual okay. tool, you can use like a chemical yeah. with a stencil yeah. and then heat it and so it you burns want to make it. your own. And Ouija I was like, board. I can make a Ouija board. There you go. <laughs> I was like, probably not going to do it, but I was just thinking about it That's today, great. actually, as a matter of fact, I was like, I could make them and sell them. I don't have to necessarily use it, but I can make them and sell them if I really wanted to. Yeah, or come up with a new kind of Ouija board, something different. You know, well, the cool thing is that could, one forever. But I could like put my artwork on it and then just yeah. make it like Ouija board format, and yeah. So I thought yeah. it was a great idea. Yeah, or um, I didn't share that with her. Personalize them for people or something. There's there's yeah, definitely money exactly. to be made there for sure. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yep. Get, get, the world get like a special little uh, planchette like uh, indicator device for it. And yeah. Yep. I like that. You've you seen can, Constantine, you right, Michelle? Uh-uh. No. You've, not, you've never watched Constantine, the movie with Keanu so. Reeves? I Go see. watch Maybe. that. What you're trying to do is what hell looks like in Constantine. <laughs> you're trying to make the whole world burn. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Our audio is going to start going out again if we keep talking I know, about I it. I know. We can't go down this hole again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, no, thank thank you so much. And and I know that um, I kind of touched on everything and gave you an opportunity to plug some stuff. But is there anything that I might have missed if, that you might want to plug? Or if you just want to uh, plug everything just to yeah, let yeah. everybody know. Yeah, I'll just go over them again. So the yeah. main yeah. podcast is My Paranormal Story. You can find it pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, or you can just go to the website, myparanormalstory.com. Uh, the new podcast is Celebrity Paranormal Experiences. You should be able to find it soon on most places, but right now it's only on Audible. But you can go to cpxshow.com, and that's the website, and you can listen to episodes there. Um, I have my book, The Top 10 Tools for Ghost Hunting, and that is on Amazon for paperback. You can buy it on Kindle and just download it, or you can listen to the audiobook with me reading it to you. Um, what else do I have? I don't know. Is that all I have? I think that's it. I've got, you know, merchandise on the website, t-shirts and mugs. People seem to be buying the mugs and not the t-shirts for some reason, but that's okay. Hmm. Um, okay. And, uh, and that's it. And if you want us, if you want to hear my comedy, you can go to my website, tomstuartcomedy.com. There are some videos up there of me doing stand up over the years that you can listen to. I mean, it's obviously more fun in person, but, um, but since you're not in the New England area, go listen to me there. Yeah. I guess that's I guess okay. that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. again, well. thank you so much. It's it's been a, a pleasure. I've I've had a lot of fun. Um Eric, do you have anything? No, I just want to say also thank you very much for for coming on here. Uh 
it was awesome getting to talk to you and uh, hear hear some of your experiences here, your experience with uh, speaking, uh, you know, being on there with taps, doing your own investigations, just everything that Insight you got to, yeah, it. everything yeah. was amazing to oh, hear. Thank you. I'm really glad you decided to do, to do this with us. You guys are cool. I hope a lot more people check out your website. I, uh, I mean, your, your podcast, I'm going to definitely tell everybody I know about it and check you guys out. And I hope you get lots of great guests going forward. Have fun with it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank Appreciate you so it. much. So, yeah, uh, I was actually, I, I, I really kind of like, I guess when you hear about like the SB, uh, what SB seven spirit box type of thing, like you really want to believe in that kind of stuff. So, like I'm still holding out hope that that's uh, <laughs> you know still a decent uh, tool. Um, I still kind of like the Estes method. I think it's interesting, um, but I do understand what he's saying. And uh, like as far as like you know some of those tools, and I mean he's got a lot of experience, so got to take into consideration what you know what he's what he says and what he feels are are you know good uh, good tools of the trade. I guess you know what I mean. For sure. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure like any tool, maybe some work better for for some people than others. And um, yeah, it's just about experience and, and using it and see what works best for you. But yeah, making sure that you're not trying to find what you're looking for in every little thing. Always try to debunk. Yes. That's why I have to be not the skeptical one, but... I, I I'm always uh more okay. Let's try and find a logical Solution. reason for this happening. Yeah, not well, that you're not a I'll, logical thinker, you know. I'm just no, 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 for sure. I would just rather choose to believe it's a ghost, like all the doors slamming in our house all of a sudden. Well, they're not like slamming, slamming, but they're closing by themselves. All your doors are slamming. Are is it not maybe like maybe a draft? The yeah, AC? we're gonna call it that. Okay. <laughs> it's like uh it's like when Valeria says that it's she 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 likes having cats because if she hears a noise she can just blame it on the cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had that, that that same feeling until I realized that my cat was on the bed and not running across my bedroom floor. So I don't know what that dark shadow was. Oh Jesus. Okay, well, I guess you're starting to have experiences there so got to bust oh, out the sage. That was my old apartment. It's fine. Um, but yeah, guys, so uh, if you are interested uh, in listening to some of uh, some of Tom's uh, stand up comedy and you're in the New England area, uh, definitely go check out his website, Tom Stewart Comedy. And uh, also check out his uh, his other podcast, which I mean, honestly, guys, he's a great storyteller. Uh, he's got the voice. He's got, you know, he, he keeps you engaged. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things about what he's doing over there. And I'm so honored that he was, uh, took time out to come in and, uh, talk to us. So definitely go check him out. Uh, if you are interested, I mean, if you're interested in the paranormal, you're going to be interested in his podcast. For sure. Definitely. Go check that out. His podcast again is my paranormal story. And also celebrity paranormal experiences. So uh, go check that out as well. We'll have all the links down in the description on our YouTube and uh, we'll try and get those links in on uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, and if you guys want to get a hold of us or try and or want to be interviewed or send us your stories, you can uh, check out our website at webelievedyou.com. All our social medias are on there and all the links to where you can listen to our podcast are on there as well. So if that's Spotify for you, go ahead, go to Spotify and click that follow button. If it's Apple podcast, go ahead and uh, follow us or subscribe to us on Apple podcast as well and give us a five-star review. And if it's YouTube, go ahead and like, follow and share and like, follow and share on Facebook, Instagram, all our social medias. It really helps us out. And guys, if the Paranormal Podcast is not your cup of tea um, and you're like, oh man, this is boring, can't really listen to it, that's okay. Even just sharing our posts or, or getting our name out there, that's a way that you can support without having to listen. So we greatly appreciate that as well. Yeah, it, it helps other people 
who may be interested find us and you know gets us more listeners that way so if you you don't want to listen share it maybe you have a friend or family member or you know, significant other who is interested in the paranormal and does want to listen to our stuff. So, uh, any any way you can support us, like Michelle said, even if it's just a share, or whatever, that's greatly appreciated. So, uh, please, like I said, go to our website, follow us. If you want to buy some merch, we've got a link there too. We want to hear from you guys because we believe. Do you? 